wants to jump. 1,000 cars. Sir, you have a 1,000 cars. I don't think I'd attempt to try this stunt. Or we, we, we owe this horsepower to Uncle Sam. <laughs> Too many cars. Car. You know, roses would be... Uh... Like, I put my beer belly on it. Yeah. And you can't immediately tell somebody how many cars you have. You'll really give those uppity yuppies something to think about. Stay on the bar. Don't go yeah. off the bar with your Bronco. 1980 Volvo horns, what's right? Like, me, me. Yeah, the man's coolant. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I thought it'd be small. It's for a small car. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's still an automatic transmission. They're never going to be light. It's definitely going to have to crash. Starting off with Brad buying another car. That's the West. <laughs> Internet. You know, is this a Nigerian oil print? Uh, I also wish you drove a tan Camry. Anyways, anyway, that, that's har- a horrible, very horrible podcast content. Very inside joke. Welcome to another episode of Auto Off Topic. And as always, I am joined by Brad. How you doing? Oh, Andrew, I am wonderful. If only the audience knew we just wasted the first hour of our podcast not recording it, just chatting back and forth about stuff that we probably just should have talked about on the podcast. Ah, it was an off-air meeting. Yeah, yeah, very important meeting about other car-related things. Hey. Anyway, what's uh, what's going on, Andrew, on this uh, slightly later recorded Friday night recording session? Not much. Um, I, I mean, not surprising if you've been listening the last few weeks. I haven't done anything with cars. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. It's almost like you don't even know that your season is ending and you're not taking every last moment to do something cool. I don't know. I've got... Uh... I don't know. I've got stuff I could do. I just don't feel like starting anything because I'm not sure I'm going to get it done before winter. So I'd rather wait. And everything runs and moves. So all it's right, like I listen. Don't, don't rub it in over wanna, there. I mean, just saying. Jesus. I don't want to. I don't want to take something apart right now if it's working. I'll tell you, there is nothing more fulfilling than having a bunch of cars that don't work at the same time. So you should try it. <laughs> yeah that's just what i'm looking for uh i i do need to get the talent out of the garage tomorrow and, and go get a sticker for it so that's about it it's about it's about ready to snow there you probably should get the car out about time well i yeah because i waited last year and i got in october so now it's due in october again but it's interesting though the state will now if you miss uh if it's a current like it's a current sticker, like up for a renewal and you miss the month. Like say I do it in November. They just give me a 10. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Works for me. Meaning they don't give you the month. It should have been if you missed it. Uh, oh, they do give you the month. It should have been. If yeah. You missed it. Okay. Which yeah, I don't like works. that. Why? Because they used to be able to like sneak it to eventually get a free year out of it. After 10 years, you got a free year. <laughs> okay. Because you just pushed it forward a month each time. That's how it works, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's easier for me to like, because I don't want to do it in November when there might be salt in the ground. I'd rather do it in like August or whatever, September. So if you did it in August, so if it's due in October, but you got it done in August, you'll get an August sticker, right? Exactly. Okay. That makes sense then. Yeah. it's You're cutting yourself short. Yeah, I mean, but it's worked out a couple of times where I was like too busy to like get um, 
the car over and it was like the first like few days of the new month and like the Montero was due in July, but I went like August 2nd and it just gave me a July sticker, which is fine by me. Hmm. Works for me. I don't Whatever. I feel like it didn't used to be that way. It used to be you got the sticker for the month you were there. You did. You yeah. absolutely did. And you could keep going. Like you just get an extra month out of it. Yeah. So eventually you get in my head, Brad logic. That's a free year after 10 years, 12 years. Sure. It's just, a no, I don't know. It's whatever. Listen, I'd work hard for 12 years to save that $29. Okay. It's an annoying process anyway. So it is an annoying process, but I will say living in a state that does not have a safety inspection, it is missed because there are some real clapped out pieces of crap on the road out here. Yeah. So, Oh, that's what happened. Should. I'm having the, having the windshield done on the, uh, Volkswagen because glass is free here and it got smashed. So Arizona is another one of the few States that has a zero deductible glass policy. So why do so many so, people have broken windshields? Cause it's not in Massachusetts. You have glass coverage, I think as part of your compulsory insurance for every level of insurance. Yeah. Whereas here it's optional. Yeah. So, but if you do have it, you have a zero deductible here, much like yeah. Massachusetts. So, or it's option, or you can't, you can opt into a zero. Deductible. I don't know. I have a zero deductible on glass because glass is annoying. And it's one of those things that can yeah. break at zero fault of your own at any mm-hmm. given time. So, and they're I like expensive. A, yes. So, I like having a zero deductible on glass. Like they're, so. they told me they're paying like, like five hundred and fifty dollars or something. So this year, windshield's probably close to a grand. All said and done. Yeah. Um, it's only got a rain sensor. It doesn't have anything else in it. But because okay. it has a rain sensor in it, it means it has to be a factory of Volkswagen glass. Okay. That's probably what it is. They probably don't make an aftermarket with the rain sensor. The um, I don't, yeah, I don't know where they're getting it. They just told me they know, ordered it. Do you know how rain sensors work in windshields? I don't, actually. So the majority of the systems, and if there are other systems that I'm unaware of, uh, they use an LED light. And they bounce the LED light off of the windshield. Usually it's behind your mirror. Yeah. They bounce the LED light off the windshield and back down to another sensor. And when there is water on the windshield, the reflection is dissipated by the water, making it like, you know, if you kind of put a laser through a water bubble, it changes direction. It does that with a reflection of the light. It doesn't hit 100% in the sensor. And depending on how much of the the light source hits the sensor from the reflection. It tells it the, the system how much water is in the windshield. It turns the wipers on. Huh. So it like, it like breaks the beam almost. Yeah, yeah, It's like yeah. 007 trying to sneak into a safe. Interesting. Like it, uh, yeah. So I actually recently learned that. So that's uh, new information to me. Oh, yeah, well. I didn't know how they worked. Yep. It's, uh, it's based uh, on re- reflected light, basically. So. Yeah, I got... I was pulling on the highway last january and i had a huge chip like a huge rock hit and chipped the windshield and it was like 10 degrees outside middle of winter and i was like well it, like it didn't spider and i was like well let's see how long that goes because it's the middle of winter i'm not going to replace it like the next day because it will probably get hit again sure and then this this week i was going to work in the same part of the highway same highway another giant rock hit a different part and it spidered so i was like all right cool Get a new windshield. 
Also, uh, I was just thinking part of the reason there's probably so many cracked windshields here in Phoenix is that because a large majority of the driving population here is comprised of just trash people that just don't have insurance. Yeah. So it's it's required to have insurance to drive here. But unlike in Massachusetts or some other states, there's no requirement to prove you have insurance to get a car registered. So it's like required, wink, wink, just don't get caught. <laughs> so there's a lot of uninsured drivers here. So yeah, not great, but it's, it's why I have uninsured motorist coverage on my cars because the chance of being hit by an uninsured motorist is uh, pretty high in a place like this. So, well, we do that here too, because we've got states next to us that don't require insurance. So correct. Well, like I said, it is required here, but it's like very, uh, not enforced very well. So. Uh, and fun fact, this is the first time I've ever had a windshield replaced in one of my cars. That to me is wild. Yeah. Some Especially reason I just, for so long you commuted in and out of Boston too. Like mm-hmm. it's wild. I've had pretty good luck, Knockwood with, uh, with windshields, uh, especially on the older cars, Knockwood. Cause um, that's one of my biggest fears is a windshield on a Cressida or a windshield on one of the Colts. Like that's not something I can just call up the local glass company and be like, give me a windshield. You know, they're a lot more complicated. There, there are some sources I know of that could help me out, but they're not close and not cheap. So I should have the talent one replaced. Cause I, every time I drive it, I'm like, wow, this is really pitted and it's got a big scratch in the middle from the wiper blade at some point. My good news is you can still go to your local glass company with an eclipse yeah, or talent in this case. Cause I recently did. Uh, I have a new windshield at my Eclipse, which is broken. But <laughs> there's a, I, there's, I have a conspiracy theory as to how that got broken, and it blames somebody uh, who did some work on the car for me. So if you listen back to all of the episodes of the show, you'll know only one person ever worked on the car. That wasn't me. Um, and it was a glass-related thing that they did. And I noticed the windshield is broken the day after that. And it's not broken in a normal place to get broken from something smashing it. It's broken in the top right corner like something fell on it. So I didn't notice it in time to prove it was done by the people who did the last inting of my car. But that's, I think, what happened. So I just haven't changed it again yet. I need to change it again. Uh, I guess I could just dump right into project car updates. Yeah, go for it, man. Uh, um, the Eclipse has had one annoying little problem that has been a problem for a while now. And that annoying problem only presents itself when the air conditioning is running. So it doesn't idle great with the AC running. So I guess the idle motor in those, the ISC, basically has like a three-step system in it. And when they go bad, those three steps go bad one at a time sometimes. It's like three resistors, basically, I guess is how it works. And one of them is for like a a high idle for when the AC is on. And I think that's where the problem is because it hunts when the AC is on. It's fine in all other situations. It's fine at cold start. It's fine when it's warmed up. But until you turn the AC on, the car hunts up and down for idle. So... 
this is going to be a bit of an anticlimactic project car update because I did buy the part. I put it in the car last night and then the battery was dead. So Oops. I charged the battery on the trickle charger and went out to it after it had been on the trickle charger for a few hours and the battery had corroded the trickle charger connectors within a few hours. Weird. Probably not good. And I said, well, this isn't good. And it had only charged it to like nothing. So it didn't actually charge it. So I pulled the battery out and I realized that it was actually leaking battery acid. The battery was cracked where the negative terminal goes in. And it looks like it had expanded at some point. So maybe when I was charging it, it expanded. And that's when it corroded the connectors. Um, and when it expanded, it cracked the case. So as I lifted it out of the car, it dumped battery acid everywhere. So that's uh, not supposed to happen on a sealed battery. So I actually, just before podcast, went and got a battery for the car and gave them my leaky, terrible core to ship out to California to throw in the ocean, which is what I assume they do with them. Um, Because I don't know what else to do with them here in Arizona. We don't have ocean to throw them in. So, throw them in the Grand Canyon. <laughs> That's a valid point. <laughs> Fill it right up. Yeah, no problem at all. So, we got a big hole in the ground. Might as well fill it with batteries. And there's water at the bottom, so it checks out. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so I just got the battery. Uh, I was hoping to have it in the car and have the car started and prove that everything is right before we record a podcast. But it turns out that I cannot clamp the connectors tight enough on the new battery to make it work so oh you get those little spacers i'm gonna need to get the little things that go over the top yeah believe it or not the eclipse still has the original battery terminals on it oh so yeah they're not in great shape but i think they'll last another couple of battery cycles at least so i don't want to change them because i like all, all the ones you can buy in the store are just trash Nothing that like AutoZone or O'Reilly's sells is any good. So you have to order like stuff online and that's a whole thing. I just want to make them work. So I'm just going to buy those little, um, it's like a sleeve that goes on the battery terminal just to make it a little bit bigger. So as soon as we're done recording podcast, I mean, the I battery run... came with plastic caps and you just put the terminals over that. That'll work actually. No. So the, Podcast is over. I will uh, head myself down to the twenty-four hour AutoZone, and uh, I'll pick up a pick up a set. It's so, so weird. Yeah, the best thing ever. It's I wish so it strange. wasn't in AutoZone. I wish it was like in O'Reilly's, but hey, beggars can't be choosers, right? I'm sure everybody remembers my one a.m. axle trip, so it's all good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's uh, that's my project car updates. I haven't done much else. Oh, I did. That's a lie. 100% a lie. Um, Mercor. Do yeah. you remember the issues with the Mercor? There was the... Oh, do I? Yeah. Well, the, one of the main ones is the weird boost creep. Like, sometimes it boosts, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I was talking to a turbo Ford friend, uh, Mike Croak. I think you've met Mike at Radwood. 
Um, mm-hmm. He's a turbo Ford guy. He's got a bunch of, he's got Capri RS and a Ford EXP turbo, which is a dumb rare car. Um, and a couple of SVT or SVO, SVO, SVT, SVO, right? SVO. The Fox body? Yeah, SVO. SVO. Yeah, a couple of SVO Mustangs. So he knows Turbo Ford's pretty much inside and out. Uh, and he took one look under there and the hood, and he said, you shouldn't have this manual boost controller here. He said it should go straight from the turbo to the wastegate with nothing in between. I was like, okay, that sounds weird. He said, well, the wastegate should release at the correct PSI. He's like, they're very, very rudimentary system. He's like introducing a manual boost controller with the factory wastegate is only going to allow you to put less boost through it, not more. All right. So like from the manifold right to the wastegate. Yep. So directly from one to the other. So I was like, all right. He goes, I'm willing to bet that part of your problem is you have a manual boost controller on this car that's either set too low or isn't doing anything because it's like an eBay style or who knows. He's like, get rid of that altogether. So I did. I just unplugged it from both both ends and then went straight from the the manifold down to the wastegate. Um, car runs better. It doesn't seem to want to boost in first gear, like higher in the rev range. But once the car is rolling, it boosts great. So I don't know if I'm just feeling something different or wrong and it's just fine. But everything seems to be fine other than like first gear, the car seems to fall on its face and it accelerates much harder in second and third. So a minor improvement, but not fixed. So I don't know. But it's one more step closer to something, I guess. I mean, it's, it's more drivable now because before sometimes I'd get in a second gear and the car would just fall flat in its face and I'd be like sitting still in traffic trying to go somewhere. Cars coming up behind me pretty quick. But it doesn't do that anymore. So I guess the manual boost controller wasn't doing anything or it was hindering more than helping because the factory wastegate is just set to 10 pounds, I guess. So... That makes sense. Yeah. Yep. So slight improvement. I, I won't say it's fixed, but slight improvement. So move on to the next thing, which is I want to pull the injectors and clean them and make sure that that's because it's in first gear hard on the throttle. You're expecting a lot of fuel, right? So maybe I'm just yeah. not getting enough fuel. I don't know. That's the next step. Anyway, so that's where the uh, that's where the core is. I've driven it a couple more times. We went out and grabbed. I won't say we grabbed dinner. We went down and grabbed a quick bite to eat in it the other day, and uh, it ran great to and from dinner. So interesting. But that's it for me for project car updates. Haven't done uh, haven't done anything else. So did go to some event. Talked about Radwood already, right? I think I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was um, Shakedown Saturday last Saturday, so I went there. So that was a that was a good time. That's the uh, four till four third Saturdays. 
to talk to a bunch of people down there and chatted about some of the projects in the backyard and uh, making some plans, making some moves. So big things coming. I don't want to say that, but things, <laughs> things coming. Uh, some things are coming. Some things will happen faster than others. Uh, I did. I did realize why I couldn't find my Cressida repair manuals. So okay. Uh, apparently, I loaned them to my friend Christian, and he still has them. So oh. blaming him, blaming him for the eighty-one Cressida not running. So he's going well, to. He should uh, come help you get it running. That was that was the deal. Uh, he's the Cressida whisperer now. So he actually has a beautiful. He's got four Cressidas currently, but he just finished okay. a beautiful eighty-five wagon that he bought with a bad motor and he built a good 5M for it and he restored it all back to stock like to the point where like he did almost like a concourse style restoration of the hood like stuff that would have been like wrinkle finished is wrinkle finished stuff that would have been plated is plated the car is gorgeous in fact it's so nice that uh, it's going to be the subject of a future Hemmings article so nice yeah super nice car but now that he's the Crested Whisperer I, uh, and he has had my book for a long time. His punishment is he has to come over and help me get the car running. So, Or maybe just I'll sell it to him. Who knows? One or the other. That <laughs> would way, also work. Either way, it'll be fixed in my life. <laughs> so that, that that is the next step in the in the driveway is to, to work on that. Here's what so. you do. Have him come over, get it running, and then it costs more to sell it to him. Well, of course, but if I get it running, running, I don't want to sell it anymore. <laughs> the whole point is to drive the car. If I get it running, I want to drive the car. It's, it is what it is. Anyway, I've, I've been having, you know, I don't want to steal a word from a different podcast, so I won't use the actual phrase, but they were talking about the similar thing. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed lately, Andrew, and that's possibly due to just the amount of things and it's like we're getting into you know you guys are getting into winter season there we're getting into car season here because it stops being 100 degrees outside like it's been in the 60s overnight and in the 60s in the morning and you know highs in the 80s it's been nice here and i'm just a little overwhelmed already because there's so much to do and i just need to make it less to do it's probably the, it's probably the true answer here is just dedicate myself to a few things instead of cut my head off running around trying to do a thousand things. So it's been, it's been, it's been a weird beginning of the season for me and uh, mentally I'm not handling it well. So some changes need to happen. So I think some projects going to disappear basically is what I'm saying. And I just need to make them disappear before I change my mind again. So Kind of yeah, you gotta edit edit some out. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is all the ones I'm willing to edit out are the ones that run the best. So what a dummy. But it's all right. I'll, I'll get I'll make it work. I just I think the last straw was I went to move the eclipse and the battery was dead. And I had to push it to get cars out for Radwood. And I was just like, ugh. And then I charged the battery, I thought, and I went to get the Corolla back out because the Corolla is stuffed in the back because I want to drive it and the Eclipse is dead and I was here by myself and that car is not light to move by yourself. So I just wound up leaving it there and not driving either car. And then I charged the battery again and it started 
and then I would change the ISC, and another battery would take a charge, and I had to buy another goddamn battery. So it's just frustration. Not the Eclipse's fault. The Eclipse is fine. It just needs a battery. Like, in the grand scheme of things, it's a battery, right? Who cares? Car runs great otherwise. It's just a battery. But anyway. There's annoyingly expensive, that's all. Actually, you can still buy a battery with a one-year warranty at Walmart for 70 bucks. Oh. Yeah, I learned that today. Because I was like, we have a Costco membership. Let's go to Costco and buy a battery because they're probably cheap. Uh, they're not. So I said, well, one with the cost at Walmart, and they're $69.99 for the battery for the car, which is, a, uh, I think, a one-year full replacement battery. So whatever. That's fine. For I figure a one-year warranty for 100 bucks, or the three-year replacement one at like AutoZone is two twenty-five. So I'll just roll the dice. <laughs> like it is what it is. So anyway, yeah, that's that's where I'm at with cars right now. I don't even know how I got on that down downtrodden conversation, but there we are. Just having just having a hard time this year. I'll get I'll get through it. Real uh, real first world problem there. Whining about having too many cars. You're supposed to tell me to shut up, Brad, right there. Shut up, Brad. Stop whining about having too many cars. Sure. All right. That's my project, guys. Uh, you haven't done anything, right? No, because like I said, they all are working right now. So, yeah, I am. Uh, I mean, at least for that part of my life, I am stress free as far as uh, project cars. Perfect. You know, the Except, funny thing is. You know, trying to sell the, the q45 but it's been a weird process i don't understand i literally have one of the best jobs i've ever had in my entire life like i'm out by 3 30 at the latest every day so you would think i'd have so much time to get so much stuff done but literally it's like i go in the backyard and i'm just comatose trying to start anything so i don't get anything done so it's frustrating I did clean the garage, so that's a good start, right? That's part of the problem. Garage is a disaster. Yeah, that's what I try to do. If I can't do anything else, I'm like, why don't I just pick up? That'll make yeah. me feel better if stuff looks organized. It does, and I pulled the cover off. Of it doesn't the start. cost you anything. No, it didn't cost anything. I pulled the cover off of the support over the first time since like last March, so it was good to to look at it and top the battery off of that too. So. Again, the season's just starting here, so I'm hoping I can get through this little doldrum and get into the good stuff. So, uh, moving on, moving on. Do you, Andrew, have you ever seen the symbol in a car of a zero with a line through it? Kind, I think kind so. of like the do not, like do not whatever, like do not smoke, do not enter. Like, but this the slash goes from the top right to the bottom left, so it's backwards. Uh, maybe. Okay. What's it so, usually on? A button. Well, it could be on a button, or it could be on a dashboard. So on Naomi's new Maverick, yeah, it has this symbol in the dashboard, and it's right next to a gas pump with a number. So I surmised that the gas pump and the number were average fuel mileage. But we did not know what this little logo meant. Is it what? I did not know what the little logo meant. Oh. The little circle with the 
the line going through it, top right to bottom left. Where is um, it? It's on the dashboard. Yeah. Next to a little picture of a fuel pump with the average fuel mileage next to the fuel pump. It's so it's like written on the gauge, like it's not on a display. It's not on a display. It's on a display that changes. Yeah. The display changes. It, it shows your average fuel. The display shows your average fuel mileage. Oh well, that's typically like a glyph that denotes that that's a zero and not a nope. no. Nope. It's so I know what you're saying, but this also goes yeah. the other direction. Okay, because that usually goes from top left to bottom right. So okay. this this particular thing does not change. Sorry. So this is next to the picture of the fuel pump, like a pump you'd pump gas in your car, are permanent, and the number on the other side of the fuel pump changes, which is the average okay. fuel mileage, which, by the way, right now in her truck is like 52. Insane. Wild. Yeah, insane. Um, but anyway, so this circle with or zero with a line through it, I've learned, is the symbol for average. Oh, okay. But I never knew there was a symbol for average. So we had to look it up to find out what it was and where it came from and what it means. So it literally is a German thing. Like it's a German logo. So wild to me that I've owned lots of German cars, many of which that show me average fuel mileage. But none of them have had this until we bought a Ford. So there's a name for it. And it's my favorite word in a long time. Okay. The German word for this circle with a line through it is Durchschnitt. D-U-R-C-H-S-C-H-N-I-T-T. Durchschnitt. Which I guess directly translates in German to average. So. In fact, looking it up, it says the slash zero is an alternate glyph for the zero character, but its slash does not extend outside the ellipse, except yeah. in handwriting, except in handwriting, whereas this extends outside the ellipse. Okay. So anyway, just a random fun car fact. Uh, I looked up other cars that it is on. It is on some German cars. I guess Mercedes uses it. Um, it just, it seemed wild to me that Ford used it on their dashboard and they don't reference it anywhere in the owner's manual. And at no point does it say average. You just have to know the emblem means average. So so that other symbol that denotes between a zero and an O will often show up in VINs. Correct. Because there are no O's in VINs. There are not. Nope. But, like, some people don't know that. Yeah, VINs are very specific. There's a, yeah. a legend to them that if you know how to read it, certainly uh, can help you denote most cars in a quick glance. And I only learned that recently, the, the symbol, because I was working on some stuff for work. And I was like, well, in this code name, we're trying to come up with our word uses an O. And also we're trying to use... Uh, numbers so it's like how can we show that this is definitely a zero and not an o hmm i've always known it just because 
working in the industry, I had to write down VIN numbers a lot, and I've always put the slash through it just to make sure. Or if I'm writing somebody's email down, I do a lot of handwriting of emails from people, like going to different shops and stuff. I've always written it that way myself, so I know what it is, because some people's email addresses are absolutely wild still in 2023. So it's not, you know, TSI 350. Yeah, it's TSI three five zero exactly. I don't do it there, but it's also not my email, so I've never had to use it that way. But there, there, there are some people still in this year of our Lord twenty twenty three, Andrew, that still have emails that are like, oh my god, like what was? You should you should change your username to phonetically spelled to mess with people. T e e. S. Why? Well, I don't know. That'd be really just hard. like just do like T. Like E S S. If I'm gonna change my my username after all these years, I'm just gonna make it Brad. So <laughs> I've I've become because that's more definitely boring. not taken. I've become more boring. No, I'd, I'd have to do like auto off topic Brad or something or <laughs> AOT Brad, just because. Yeah, it's a hundred years old now in fact it's funny there was a uh going around instagram today you know in the stories they have that like they ask a question and then everybody puts their thing in like uh want to be like front shots only and you put your picture your car and you forward with a little picture in it well today's it was show me you're an og of uh the volkswagen vortex and it was people showing a screenshot of their <laughs> username and the day they joined the vortex and most of the people were from 03, 04, 05 are the OGs of the Vortex. So I logged out of mine and I was like, huh, when did I make this username? And uh, yeah, it was November of 05 was when I joined Volkswagen Vortex with that name. Hmm. So I think I had used it but prior to that because there had been a purge of Vortex that happened before 05. And I definitely had a Volkswagen oh, yeah. before 05. So I think that there was an earlier date too that data got lost. I think it probably is like 2000. But because I had a, a Volkswagen in, in 03 and I bought the NSU and hmm. must have before 05. I don't know if it was 05. Who knows? NSU? Yeah. Could have no, it was like 2008. No way. Yes. Was that late? Might mm, have been 07 or 08. Yeah, you're right. Never mind. I was definitely with my wife, so. Yep, you're right. I was trying to think of where I was working at the time, and you're right. It was, it was just before I bought my house in Georgetown, Mass. So, okay, fine. You win that one. You win that one, Andrew. <laughs> but I did have I did have a Volkswagen in like 04, right? That's why yeah. I have a GTI. So I was part of the Vortex then, and I was part of the Vortex even before then, because I'm sure you remember that little GTI that I had that never drove. Yep. So that was even before that. That was like 02. So anyway, regardless, I'm not changing my username. How the hell do we get out that far off topic? That's what we do. That's what we it's do. In the name. So anyway, so Dershnit. So next time somebody wants the average of something, give them the Dershnit. Okay. And now you have a fact. So you've learned two facts. You've learned how rain sensing wipers work, and you've learned how to denote average in German tonight. So excellent. I'm just here educating the masses. That's what my, my job is today. The more you know. 
Um, I have one more rant tonight. If you want to get off on another topic. Yeah, and I'll I uh, I want to talk about fours a little bit. So why don't you go okay. first? It's just a quick one. It's directly related to something we were talking about the other day on our Discord. Um, you had brought up taking left hand turns across wide intersections. Oh, okay. The one you brought up was across in Boston across the trolley tracks. Yep. About not crossing the center. Uh, it's hard, hard to explain without visual cues. But basically, not crossing the stream of traffic for both people making left turns across a wide center section. So you, yeah. pass, you pass each other's cars on the wrong side. Yes, but this is the way you do it. I've I've changed my answer to agree with you. So when you come to an intersection yeah. and there's a lane coming in each direction and both right. both of you have an option to make a left-hand turn across right. the train tracks, which are going yeah. in the same direction as you, yeah. you take a tight left. You don't go all the way out and around so you don't have to cross your cars in front of each other. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Correct. Because if you had a line of traffic, it would just jam. Correct. So you are correct. But what brought up to me today, slightly unrelated, but I was driving my car and... I needed to make a left-hand turn across mm-hmm. two lanes of traffic coming the opposite direction. Yep. And the street I was on here in Phoenix, so as of all streets, has a center turning lane. Right. So I'm in the center turning lane waiting for a opportunity to make my left. I don't have a light. I don't have any thing at all. I'm just nope. waiting for an opening to make my left. There's cars coming in both lanes, opposite direction of my travel, going straight. It's a busy street. Uh, it's Camelback Road, for those who know the area here. Very busy street. Uh, it's all car dealerships. Uh, for those of you who are listening from the Boston area, it's very similar to 114 in Danvers. Um, it's almost exactly the same, actually. It's two lanes in either direction with a center turning lane. So I'm in a center turning lane looking to turn. And a person in the in their left lane heading towards me stops to let me go. Yeah. Don't ever do that. No. Don't do that. I can't go. Because there are cars on your right that are passing you at 40 plus miles an hour. Yeah. If I take a left-hand turn in front of you, I'm just going to get murdered by a car coming the other way. Not only that, but every car that's behind you when you stop randomly in the middle of the block on your street is now going to go around you on the right and all going to smash into me as well. There's no yeah. way to control that situation. Don't do that. Period. Ever again. Don't do that. I hope that person is listening right now. They're driving a blue Kia uh, Forte. Don't do I, that again. I appreciate the sentiment of somebody trying to stop, but time you have the right away. Just keep going. Yeah, time and a place. Yeah, just keep going. Like, like if You're it was not helping, if all of that traffic was backed up, bumper to bumper, and some they stopped to make space for you. Okay. As long as the other side also could both move. lanes, both yeah, lanes, both are bumper lanes to bumper. have to be stopped. That's a different scenario. When there's no traffic, yeah. it's just cars driving at forty. Yeah. The speed limit's forty miles an hour. So yeah. some of these cars are doing damn damn near sixty. Like you are going to murder me if I try to make this turn. I can't do it. Just go. And then I sit there trying to tell them to go, and they're just flashing their high beams at me like I'm the idiot. Like stop this, please. <laughs> I can't go. So anyway, that's just a rant that I had today. Um, 
I was very irritated and not in a good mood about it. The only place there's one intersection I drive through in Cambridge. It's a T it's a four way intersection, but the, the two cross lanes are offset by probably a street width. Okay. Um, so when you're making, when people are trying to make that left, they have to do the left where they make a left at someone's rear bumper while they're making a left at your rear bumper. That's, that's a weird intersection. That's yeah, like you the described only place that, where that probably to a T and I had no idea what you meant. So I'm sure nobody else does either. No. So the normal, when you're making a normal left turn and another, say it's a, for simplicity, for simplicity's sake here, it's a, it's a two lane road of opposing traffic. So one lane on each side. Uh, and we're coming up to a four way intersection. Uh, you're coming from the other side. You've got your left turn signal on and I've got my left turn signal on and we get to the intersection. Do we pass each other on the driver's side and turn at our rear bumpers? Or do we turn before we meet each other? Before we pass meet each other. on our yes. yeah, passenger sides. Yes. Like, that's the more natural move. Yes. That's the correct You're way. not trying to intertwine. Yeah, no, don't um, intertwine. No crossing of the snakes. So that's the, the way this intersection is in Cambridge. The two cross streets are offset. Okay. So they're not directly across from each other. So, so you have to do that. You have to do that. And it's very Oof. awkward. It causes that's a jam awkward. all the time. I can imagine yeah. that's terrible. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. But the way people were describing this, it was a question that happened on Reddit. Somebody was like, how do you take this intersection? There's two possible ways. It's like, well, there really isn't. There is two possible ways, but there's only one correct way. Yeah. Yeah. Because people I mean, had think it very, it, very wrong. That staying on the wrong side of each other is the correct way that's the way it is it feels wrong to say it but to go out and actually do it i think it feels even more crazy when i'm out in phoenix and it's one of those massive intersections and you have to do those crosses and it's like it just like you go out into the open like it feels you're you're out in the middle of the intersection you're making a left and then the car is coming at you from the other way and they go on the opposite side like that feels even crazier but this is generally happens like off of interstates yeah so if you come like off the 17 onto bell road and you're making a left off of so say you one you're going north the other car's going south there's two lanes going each direction yeah and they're both making lefts towards each other and passing on what would be the left side of each other yeah it's it's bizarre. Um, and you're right. It felt very awkward when I first moved here. And the first couple of times I saw that, I was like, I'm going to get smashed and do head on. Um, the because even odder, they're so big. <laughs> yeah. The even odder one to that is if you're in the left lane making the left turn, but instead of making the left turn, you actually make a U-turn to get back on the highway in the opposite direction. As you're turning left, you continue to turn left and you're heading towards the cars that are coming towards you on the cross street now. And that's even weirder. Yeah. Like you, you literally wind up perpendicular with. So if, so if you're, say you're going north and you're wanting to get on the southbound, back on the southbound highway, you make the left off the highway and you're facing oncoming westward traffic on the cross street for a few seconds as you're making that turn. And it's like, uh, this feels weird. I'm going to wind up crashing. I don't think this is a good idea. Yeah. So the 
the weirdest part of in Boston, what they're talking about, it's on Com Ave where the green line runs down the middle or sort of the middle of the street. It's a super wide street. Um, there's weirder parts of that. Like, you know, the parts that you're, it's like uh, sidewalk businesses, then you're in the street, then there's a partition, and then there's two more travel lanes, and then there's the trains. Yeah. It's so weird. you can like drive closer to the sidewalk and like park and like go to the business or there's yep. like outside lanes. So when you're like get to a cross street and you need to like get out of that lane that's closest to the buildings, you have to go right or left. And there's like lights, but it just feels weird to like get back out into the other lanes. Yeah, it's not it's not normal. No. Driving in Boston. If you if you can drive in Boston or New York, you can drive anywhere. It's pretty uh Yeah, it's about being like uh marginally aggressive too, because you have to yeah. like force yourself out. The word is assertive. <laughs> you have to be assertive. Yeah. If you're not assertive, you're gonna get screwed. Yeah, because if you don't, like, sometimes you just have to, like, move through an intersection. Yeah. Like, I've done it. If there's, like, you're just stuck in stop-and-go traffic, and there's just, like, a weird light, but there's no, like, other traffic, I'll just roll through it a little bit. (laughs) I mean, when it comes down to it, most crashes in traffic aren't caused by being aggressive. They're caused by being trepidatious. Yeah. So, just don't hesitate. If you're going to do it, do it. Do it quick. Do it right. And if you do it wrong, just commit and finish the move because the longer you sit pointing in the wrong direction, the more you'll be confused and the more crashes you're going to cause. So just yeah, go if I'm it do it, if I'm trying to slide in and it's like I'm going to like do it quickly and get out of your way, I'm not just going to like get in there and go slow because that's like going to annoy the other person even more than I'm. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. If you, if you cut me and off go. and if you cut me off and you boogie, I don't care. If you yeah. cut me off and you slow down, oh my god, you're the world's worst person. You might as well be guys stopped to make me go left in front of you. I'm like, get out of here. In general, just let it. Oh, oh, that's what happened. The other, so, uh, I used my electric scooter for like last mile transport transportation. Sure. Uh, in like Cambridge, Somerville, and they've added a lot of protected bike lanes, which are sort of great. Um. I feel like there's a flaw though, because they, you're now have pushed cars that are traveling a whole car width away from the bike lane. So as far as visibility, it is very difficult to see if there's anyone in the bike lane. Oh, okay. You want to make a right across the bike lane to take a right turn. So I'm riding my scooter. (laughs) What's that? That, that makes it tough. It does. And um, I'm coming up to an intersection. I see this person's trying to turn right. And I should have slowed down a little bit. But, and I'm obviously, I'm going straight. So technically I have the right of way. You're supposed to stop to let the bikes go by in the bike lane before you make a right turn. Yep. You're supposed to yield the bikes. Uh, they almost didn't see me. And I was going pretty quick. And I managed, they managed to stop. So I didn't hit them. But I grabbed a lot of front brake and I wasn't leaned back enough. And I literally, I don't know how I did it. <clears throat> so I missed their car. Luckily the intersection was open. Uh, I leaped from the scooter and was running 
at like this thing does 18 miles an hour <laughs> so I'm suddenly running and the scooter's bouncing around uh and then like finally i don't know i somehow stopped and i was just on my feet okay I no idea how I, but the the handlebar smashed me in the back the scooter hit me in the ankle and this huge bruise in my back big yeah it's not bruise it's not in my ankle small, it's not a, it's not a light scooter it's a 50 pound scooter yeah it's not good uh so <laughs> i was uh real boston to the car yeah i bet uh, like these other pedestrians are like, Oh my God, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm, I didn't hit the ground. I don't know how, but I didn't. You're just terribly annoyed. I was really, really annoyed. And I was like, not that sore for like a while. And then I was very sore the next two days because the adrenaline. I, uh, there's a, there's a, where am I going with this? There's a ad campaign here about taking a right-hand turn. Yeah. Um, and there's billboards and like radio ads and stuff. And the whole thing is um, basically before you turn right, scan the street for wheels and feet. Yeah. Because that's one of the largest accidents here is pedestrians getting hit by cars who are making a right-hand turn. Because when the car has the right of way at the green light, the pedestrian walking that direction also has the walk light. Yes. So it's it's of the car's responsibility to make sure nobody is crossing in that crosswalk before they go right. So that's the way it is in Cambridge. They've actually yep. made right on reds illegal in Cambridge. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just Damn communists again. It's, I mean, I really try to look, but like, I don't know. Car mirrors got big because they were blind spots, but now they've sure. gotten small again for aerodynamics. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're right. Right. And like the mirrors in the golf are not, smaller. yeah, the mirrors in the golf aren't super big and I'm always trying to look, but like I said, I like the idea of the protected bike lane because you keep a car from drifting over into the bike lane. But again, think about how your mirrors work. You really only see a car lane over. So if there's a lane of cars parked, that's all I'm seeing. I can't see the bike lane. I feel like this was a design oversight here yeah it feels like it interesting but anyway i don't know anyway that's my that's my rant that'll start from the left hand turn but that's where we're at yeah so careful making rights careful making left just be careful out there yeah that's all you ask all right fun stuff forza Forza. uh i think it came out well, I had early access because I bought the pre-order. It was like October 5th or something. Uh, I played it a little bit. The controller it was okay. I was like, yeah, I'm not super impressed with this. Kind of annoying. Um, I was like, oh, let me set up my steering wheel because I got to see how it is. So a few days go by, I set it up. I started playing again. It plays really well with the steering wheel. I had so to the like... Opposite of Forza 7. Yeah, I had to set up the only thing I did was I took out, um, I increased the dead zone on the brake pedal because it was like, I was just like touching them, like barely touching it and the brakes were locking up. So just giving, trying to give myself a little more of a realistic brake pedal. Okay. Which, you know, the pedal setups aren't perfect. They're not like a hydraulic car. No. So trying to adjust work, it a little but... bit. Yeah. 
And we don't have um, the ten thousand dollar setups they have. No, have I don't. A hydraulic simulator in them and whatnot. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I've been playing it. Uh, I started with like an Integra Type R, like a, you know, like a two thousand. Drives like a really great front wheel drive car, like the way it should. I can run at Lime Rock, like a one minute, three second lap, which feels right. Yeah, it feels right for a uh, no consequences lap around Lime Rock. Yeah. 200 horse front wheel drive car. And, um, you know, it's like, I, I don't know, the game. They definitely upgraded the physics and the engine that it's running on, and that all feels really good. Uh, the cars feel like, or at least like, I should say the car selection feels like the same. Like, it feels like they haven't really increased it since like Forza 3. It's weird. I don't know how to describe it. I think the problem there is they have increased it significantly. But they've increased it with cars you don't give a shit about. Uh, that's possible. Yeah, I think it's... There's 40,000 new supercars. But you want yeah. more Integra Type R's. But there is not a use case to them to add more Integra's and Volvo's and Starion's and that kind of thing. Um, they've hit the popular ones. And... You know, once it comes goes beyond the popular ones, what are you going to have? I haven't played the game yet. Uh, I did just get a new Xbox, thanks to lovely Naomi. I can't thank her enough for that. Uh, so I can get the game. Um, but I've only played Forza Horizon game with my, with my, with my new Xbox, um, which isn't the same game, obviously. But I noticed that most of the cars in the game are supercars race cars cars that are like the fantasy car of the average gamer i guess uh that said i did notice a few additions that were not in forza 7 there's a first gen celica i don't know if that made it over to forza motorsports Uh, i don't think so there's a volkswagen rabbit pickup diesel which is cool um there was a lamborghini espada which was not a Forza Motorsport 7 car. So there's, there's a few that I noticed, at least in in the other, the Horizon game there. I haven't played Motorsport yet. I haven't picked it up yet. I need to pick it up, but that was part of our conversation before well, the show. I haven't picked it up yet. It's like, all right. I know Mitsubishi's not the most popular, but it's like the same cars. Yep. <clears throat> They've got the 6, 8, 9, 10 Evos. Mm-hmm. No early Evos. They've got a second gen Eclipse. It's a weird um, second gen too. It's like a yeah, sort like of the, like like the combination mid-year refresh two GA two GB kind of combo. Uh, yeah, it's not, and then that dates back to like the original Forza. Yes, it does. Um, and that's it. No Starion. Oh, it's not Okay, yeah, that's it. The Starion's not in the game. Nope. That's frustrating. The Starion is in Horizon. Yeah, it's weird, right? And then like Volkswagens. All right. So there's like um like Mark seven and a half R thirty twos, but like no GTI. Hmm. Like 
don't know, just put the new, like, you'd think the new GTI would be in there. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's, like, I don't even think it has Mark 8 GTIs. Um, Honestly, Andrew, as time goes on, I think there's going to be less and less of the stuff that we're looking for in these games. We hit I, we hit I, a real sweet spot <clears throat> with Motorsport 7, I think, and then... I, I guess, but, I mean, don't people still want, like, the normal cars that they drive all the time? I'd like Motorsports so, game, but who knows? I'm fine with all like the touring car, like that's cool. Like they've got all the like the all the IMSA like touring car challenge cars in here. All the nineties stuff, the new you ones. Mean? That's cool. Oh, new ones. What? Is it nineties yeah, stuff like or new the, ones? No, the, the new ones, like the the Hondas and stuff, and the and the Hyundai's yeah. and the yeah, like the TCR cars. Like that's cool. True. <clears throat> But I don't know. Yeah. And then like they've got the new some of the new GTP prototype cars like the, the games, the cover car in the game is the Cadillac. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't uh, care about those cars, though. I never have. Yeah, they're fun to play in the game, though. I, I'd live without them, though. I, I but again, I think that we're I don't know that we are the demographic anymore. You know, we're we're casual. We're not like way into it so and then I, it's like i don't it's like a lot of it's left over from like i i don't think it, i don't think it is anymore but it was a, at one point forza was like the official game of like imsa so i don't even think all the imsa tracks that they race on are in the game hmm. well they do always enter they sorry they always enter more cars as time goes on so i'm sure that's continuing to happen here it's just it's just funny how stuff now is they'll just like release it sort of half done because it's just like oh we'll just do updates yep we can make Uh, people pay more money over time yeah you know it's not like like gran turismo would take like five years to come out and then you know we'd play it for another four or five years because that's it and if there was any flaws in it that's just the way it was. Yep. But now it's yeah. like they do a bunch Ga- of patches. Games and... have changed in general. I guess they already did a patch in that, right? Because there were people complaining about the structure of yeah. having to use the car for many, many miles before you could modify it. And now they're talking about a new, there's another patch coming out. Um, which, okay, so that thing, all right, is so dumb. Like, it didn't bother me at all. Like, you'd play one of the intro series and you'd basically have a, a car leveled up. Or... If you were just doing free play, like just driving around Lime Rock, lap after lap after lap, that also levels the car up. It's it does, You don't have to always just be in races. You can just be driving around doing hot laps by yourself. Okay. If that's all you want to do. Well, that makes sense then. Uh, I'm not sure if it has drifting. I got to check. I haven't seen, I haven't noticed that yet. Um, If it doesn't, it will. That's a huge factor in the old games. Yeah. And like, that's what I miss about, I believe three had the toge. Like it was a made up toge. I think it was five. Whatever. One yeah. of them. It was not the most like, recent one. It was one before it, I think. Maybe it was, maybe it was even on the last one. No, I think no, it was five. was it? Remember it was they had like a bridge and stuff. It was a one, it was up and down course. Yeah. It was like really, really cool. And it's like, why didn't they just bring that back? It's like. 
it was just a track they made. It wasn't a real place that they'd like scan or something. <clears throat> yeah, it was fours of five. It looks like there's a ton of new tracks they've made up to, which is like okay, I guess. But I don't know. Can you just go like scan some tracks that people know? Well, I mean, there's also licensing issues they don't have to deal with if it's yeah. a new track. So it's true. So they've like. Uh, it's funny because early on Maple Valley was definitely inspired by like Lime Rock. Yep. Cause they didn't have, they didn't have Lime Rock. Fujimi, F- Fujimi Kaido, Forza Motorsport 05, Forza Motorsport 3 and Forza Motorsport 4. Yeah. That was so, a really, really good track. Hasn't existed since four. Yeah. Crazy. Do you remember that? Because we were playing it on, we'd play it online, and we'd like no, I just do drift it. battles up and down. Like yeah. it, was, it was super cool. It was like playing best motoring. Yep. Nope. I um, remember for sure. And uh, now they've. It's like when you play the game now, like Maple Valley. It actually says Maple Valley, Vermont. I was like, oh, that's funny. Actually, oh, in the state. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and there's some other track they invented called Eagle Rock. It's in New Hampshire. Okay. I mean, it's it. like a weird oval, but not like an HMS. I think what it is, Andrew, is we just need to dedicate ourselves to getting an actual PC and playing iRacing, huh? I don't know. I've heard that's not great either. So nothing's nothing's but, ever perfect. You just got to deal with what you get. Because what is like interesting, though, is that iRacing announced that they have the contract to do the next NASCAR game, which there hasn't been a good NASCAR game in a few years. So yeah, that should like be interesting. Four or five was the last good NASCAR So they're supposed game, to do like all the tracks, all the drivers. So that's cool. That would be, and it's supposed to be like, you know, for consoles and stuff too. So that should be pretty interesting. I mean, I guess I the last good NASCAR that. game in our minds. NASCAR, NASCAR 98. 98. So... <laughs> Reboot NASCAR um, 98 and we'll be happy. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting Forza. I know we're looking to do some, uh, through the Discord, we're looking to do some Forza kind of events. I know they've brought back the Rivals thing that they started in Forza Motorsport 7, right? Yeah. Where you can basically, if you're friends with somebody online, you can see their lap times and try to beat them. Uh-huh. So, and they have leaderboards and whatnot for that. So that's going to be fun. We're going to make a way. Or make some kind of a event through the Discord with that. Some kind of a like I think you called it, I think you coined the term calling it our own bowling league. So yeah. Forza Horizon Forza Motorsports, but bowling with Forza. Yeah, and there's also um the new WRC game that's coming out. It looks really good. Yep. Does look good. Which it does have some vintage cars in it. I think there's I think there's a Gaunt VR4 in it. That'd be rad. And that's supposed to replace Dirt Rally, but we'll see. Because Dirt Rally is like, it's pretty good. Still going. Going to be hard to top. But that's kind of what I've been doing. I've been trying to play video games. I'm getting into my video game season. so Yeah, annoyingly, it's opposite of mine, but that's okay. I'll still get some time to play. So, Well, we'll pretty soon we'll have a... Uh, we'll only be two hours apart. Not three. That's true. That helps too. Excellent. That sounds like an episode, Andrew. 
It does. Anything else? Nothing? We're good? No, no. I've uh, scraped the bottom of the barrel for content today. Sorry. All right. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, as always, follow the podcast, uh, off topic on Instagram. Uh, I am race and anger on Instagram. Uh, trying to do threads. Seems like people are trying to do it. I joined too. So I put uh scale autocast on there. So excellent. That is mostly on Instagram. We should, uh, you know, it's getting up on winter time. We should probably launch that podcast. We've been talking sure. about for it's only been a year, a year and a half, a year and a half or so. <laughs> Uh, anyway, you can find me on Instagram, TSISS350, and uh, the same through threads. And that's it. Cool. All right. As always, keep the cards analog and aim for the roses. <laughs>